Welcome to our bi-weekly Essay for FAs podcast, a series that addresses current issues of interest to financial advisors and active investors, including retirement planning, asset allocation strategy, and analysis of current issues affecting markets. I'm your host, Gil Weinrich of Seeking Alpha, and today I'm pleased to share the microphone with a distinguished guest. Scott Witt, Principal of Witt Actuarial Services, one of a rare breed of fee-only insurance advisors who provide fiduciary advice to clients on products such as annuities receiving no sales commissions. Scott, many in our Seeking Alpha community expressed interest in learning about when and when not an annuity might be appropriate. So I wanted to discuss that with you. But before we address that question, could you first explain your unique business model? I'm sure it's not something most listeners are familiar with. Yeah, you bet. First, thanks for having me on, Gil. I really appreciate it. As you mentioned, I am a not only an actuary, but I am a fee-only insurance advisor. There are only a few of us in the country, and what makes a fee-only insurance advisor so unique is that they are compensated only on an hourly or fee basis from their clients. They have no conflicts of interests, which means when I make a recommendation to a client, it makes no difference to me if they follow my advice or not. I'm going to be compensated the same. And because of that, it frees me up to serve them in a true fiduciary capacity, uh, removing all conflicts of interest. And that's something that's almost impossible to find in the financial or insurance world because most people have an angle of some sort because they have a horse in the race. Okay, now that our listeners understand that you're not a product pusher, let's address the retirement income challenge. To economists, income annuities perfectly meet this need. To many investors, the products sound evil, either because they've heard these products are ripoffs or because they assume it will prevent them from leaving their wealth to their heirs. Could you help us sort these issues out? Yeah, I think one of the things that hangs over like a cloud over the entire income annuity industry is that Americans want to continue to think about income annuities as an investment, and they they just can't get away from that mindset. So the thing that holds a lot of people back from buying an income annuity is this this fear of well, what if I give the insurance company you know a hundred thousand dollars and I die tomorrow I don't get anything or my heirs don't get anything in return and it's it's such a horrible deal that either steers them away from it from income annuities entirely or it makes them add things like a certain period where you're going to get paid for a certain number of years, no matter what, or your heirs will if you pass away, or a refund provision, which ensures that you at least get the principal amount back, or again, that your heirs do if you die prematurely. But when you add those bells and whistles, what it does is it lessens the true risk protection that's on the back end of these products. If Americans more properly recognize that an income annuity really is insurance and not an investment, I think they would be more open to the possibility of of having an an income annuity in their portfolio. And when I say it's insurance, um, it's insurance against living too long. And people have no qualms about buying a term insurance policy for the risk of dying too soon or auto insurance for the risk of getting in a car crash and so on and so forth. But when it comes to buying insurance against living too long, people have objections because of the lump sum of money that's involved and and the clear path that they can see that there is a scenario where I give the insurance company a lot of money and get little or nothing in return. And that is a very tough hurdle to overcome. It's also an irreversible decision, correct? It usually is, yes. But one thing that, that people fail to recognize in my opinion, is that when you do have an income annuity in place, 
there are a lot of residual benefits. It provides peace of mind in those retirement years. You know that that there is a chunk of money that you're not going to outlive. It also may free up the rest of your portfolio to invest more aggressively or in a more targeted manner. I assume that if an investor is extremely wealthy and he's not worried about outliving his money, then any kind of annuity is not for him. I have seen independently wealthy individuals that didn't need an annuity, but maybe wanted an annuity simply for the peace of mind that, okay, my needs are taken care of. And now with the rest of the portfolio. I can become more aggressive. I can travel. I can give to charities or I can more aggressively gift to children while I'm alive. It can be a life quality improving decision, even if technically you have enough money and and are assured that you're never going to outlive your assets. There are so many of these products that come with commissions, surrender fees, riders, unneeded bells and whistles. How do you determine what the right product is? Well, probably the first thing you need to consider is what health are you in? If you are considering getting an income annuity and you are in average or worse than average health, I would immediately push back on whether or not an income annuity was an appropriate vehicle for you. And the reason I say that is there's a self-selection that takes place among the people who buy income annuities and the life insurance companies are well aware of that. And so the way that they are priced, there is an assumption that people who are buying income annuities are relatively healthy and have an optimistic view of their own longevity. Far too many times I see income annuities being sold to to individuals that have diminished life expectancies and and should have little expectation of even getting to a break-even point, let alone a a positive rate of return standpoint. And in those situations, I I would argue that an income annuity probably never was appropriate. But if you do find yourself in good health, or at least with an optimistic view of your own longevity, maybe a family history of of siblings and and ancestors living to a ripe old age, then maybe it is uh, appropriate to look at an income annuity. The next thing you you have to ask yourself is, is it going to be on my life only or is there going to be a joint and survivor aspect to it? And if you do attach a second individual to the policy, do you want the income to remain at the same level when the first individual dies? Or would you have it step down to 75%, 66%, 50% income level upon that first death? Different people are in different situations. It's, it's hard to predict what is appropriate for most people, but it's important to understand that that option is out there. And then finally, I would say the other component that somebody would need to get a handle on is whether whether or not they're going to add bells and whistles like a certain period or a refund provision that ensure that you get back a portion or perhaps all of your initial investment? Or are you going to make this a pure insurance vehicle that continues to pay uh, to make payments until death or perhaps the second death and understanding that you're going to get nothing in return upon the death? Or do you want to address that with adding this refund provision or a certain period provision? Could you maybe give us an example of some people that you personally have helped and how the outcome would have differed had they not gone to a fee-only fiduciary advisor? Sure. Well, I've had a number of clients that 
have ended up buying an income annuity that were discouraged from doing so from their financial planner who was deriving a fee from assets under management. And you can understand the conflict of interest there. And oftentimes when clients come to me, they are caught in the middle of conflicting advice with each party giving them advice, having their own conflict of interest. The financial planner or money manager who has the assets under management is reluctant to see a chunk of assets go because that, let's say 20% of a client's assets suddenly get devoted to an income annuity. That's effectively a 20% pay cut to the financial advisor and their assets under management for that client. And then on the other hand, you've got an insurance salesperson who wants to sell the income annuity because of the commission that they get on the lump sum that would be invested in the income annuity. So when clients come to me, I can help them sort out fact from fiction. You know, what what is appropriate for their situation and, and we can get away from the inherent conflicts of interest that are there. And you ask for a typical client, but I don't know that there really is a typical. I, we've had people go in both directions. We've had some people come to me with the idea that they were going to buy an income annuity and then they ended up not buying one. And then conversely, some people have ended up with an income annuity when it maybe wasn't even on their radar. I will tell you this, that if somebody is looking at an income annuity, I try to look at the lowest commission alternatives available to put the best foot forward for the client. Again, I'm not getting any of those commissions, but I have access to the entire universe of products that are out there and I can put clients in touch with companies or with advisors that are willing and able to sell policies on a commission-reduced basis. There are people who do not want to go to any kind of advisor and they're searching for the vanguard of annuities, if there were one. I'm not sure that there is. Is there anything you could say that would help an informed investor tread this area carefully? What about the people who are going to go to the internet after hearing our conversation and they want to go find an annuity on their own? What would you say about that? Just to kind of get an idea of the marketplace, there is a website that I use as a starting point, immediateannuities.com. That can give you a rough idea of what kind of monthly income you could get for a certain lump sum. And you can play around with things like different joint and survivor options. You can put inflation options on there. You can put on different things like a refund provision uh, or a certain period. And so you can begin to see the trade-offs among the available options that are out there. And that may be sufficient for somebody just to figure out whether or not an annuity is right for them. I don't think that the commission difference and, and the product difference is so much that somebody would look at an annuity on, a, on let's say, immediateannuities.com, conclude that annuity an annuity was a bad idea, and then I show them a, perhaps a slightly better idea and they totally change their opinion. I, I just don't think the differences are that stark. I think when it comes to annuities... I think the real value to be had is at a higher level, meaning it's it's not necessarily which annuity you purchase, but whether or not you needed an annuity in the first place and whether or not you got the right options on the annuity. And when it comes down to to picking an annuity, yes, th- there's some incremental value to be had. Um, maybe you can get one to 2% higher payouts. So instead of getting $1,000 a month, you are getting $1,010 or $1,020 a month. I don't know that that is enough to really jump up and down about, but there are there are incremental advantages to be had. But again, the, the high level issues, I think, are the ones that are the most 
most important to be to be addressed when when it comes to trying to decide whether or not annuity makes sense for you. So what you're saying, in essence, is that financial advice is actually worth something. Were somebody to go to Wit Actuarial Services interested in this sort of advice, how does the client relationship work? Most do-it-yourselfers are reluctant to embrace a fee-for-service model. People are looking for low commissions. They want to minimize fees as much as possible. They may or may not be good candidates for somebody like me. I charge on an hourly basis. My fee is $350 an hour. What I do with, with all my clients, and I should say too that I have a national practice. Um, most of my work is done with phone and, and email consultation. There's no need for uh, a face-to-face consultation. Everything is fact-based and, and you know based on the information. I don't need to sit down across from somebody and, and uh, ask them about their kids and their golf game and, and you know spend an hour or two hours trying to get them to trust me so that I can steer them down the primrose path. Like We're able to immediately jump into an engagement. They understand I, I have a fiduciary obligation to them and and we're able to get right into it. I do offer a free 15-minute consultation um, for anyone that's interested in my services just to kick the tires. And I'm not interested in taking on clients where I can't make a positive difference for them. And so if in talking with a client, we, we quickly determine that there is little value to be added for my services, or I've got, you know, just I can point them on their way with, without an engagement, I will do that. And by the end of that 15 minutes, we can figure out whether or not my services make sense. A rough estimate of what an hourly, a range of hours might be for an engagement. And then we go from there. For most annuity type situations, we are probably talking something in the two to four hour range. You know, I have to find out their goals and objectives. I have to find out some demographic information. We'll have a conversation about their health. I've got you know, some mortality calculations that I'll do in the background so that everything we do is in, in a uh, life expectancy and probability of, of survival context. And then it's hard to predict exactly where, where the path will go from there. I, I may show some different options, get their reaction. There are lots of considerations and twists and turns that you just can't anticipate at the, at the very beginning of an engagement, but become apparent as you get into it. So a range of typical outcomes might be something in the $500 to $1,500 range. If you have listeners that are getting into the investing $100,000 or more range into a vehicle like this, I think something on the on the order of magnitude of 1% of an of a one-time lump sum is money very well spent when you consider that many of those same people might be paying 50 basis points or you know 0.5% up to 100 basis points or 1% of their assets under management each and every year for investment advice and I would argue that the incremental advantage you get from figuring out what you're going to do with that lump sum that you may or may not put into an income annuity I would argue that the value provided by a fee only insurance advisor is greater than the value that a money manager can provide just trying to beat the market by an incremental amount. An objective look at your insurance needs. That is quite a value proposition. Interesting, eye-opening. Scott Witt of Witt Actuarial Services, thank you very much for sharing your expertise on these confounding products. Thanks, Gil. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to SA for FA's podcast. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get podcasts. If you have feedback or topic suggestions, you can contact me at gill at seekingalpha.com. This is Seeking Alpha's Gil Weinrich.